1: That's one 613 1612 or send an email to info at org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star.
0: Well, good day, power partners, and welcome to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and thrilled to be here, as always. Today boasts an impressive lineup with financial guru Don Young, interior designer Brenda Weiss, New York Times bestselling author Pat Stone, and teen writer Justin Murray. For more information on all of our guests, please visit org. Well, everyone today is talking about money or the lack of it, and the economy has been depressed and recessed. All of us could use a little help with our planning and our financial returns, but who can you trust today? Well, why don't we just go to the top of the ladder for the straightforward, solid advice? Donald H. Young was founder and chairperson of Invesco's Global Structured Products Group for over two and a half decades, managing $23 billion while overseeing 300 clients and 55 staff members. Since his retirement in 2006, he has penned a remarkably important book that everyone needs to read. It's called You Can Do It. It's an easy step-by-step guide to financial security. Welcome, Don, to Star Style, Be the star. You are. Hi, Cynthia.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you and to have such an esteemed uh, financial expert on the show. I wanted to start with when I got to, uh, to the back of your book after I read the whole thing, because one of the things you say in your book is this is a book that really needs to be read as a whole so that you can put the package together as a whole. What I noticed is you had actually thought of the title of the book to be You Must do it. And after reading your advice, I thought, wow, not only you can do it, but how true it is. What you are saying in this book is an absolute must if we're going to have a future that is financially secure. Talk to us, start with the basics. You started with compound interest. Tell us a little bit about that, Don. Um,
2: Well, compound interest is the ingredient to success in any investment program and people have to understand um, and uh, the compound interest is um, is set up in such a way that people who start early uh, to save for example and save as much as they can will do a lot better than people who start later um, for example <clears throat> there is uh, information from an organization in Washington called the Employee Benefit Research Institute and their latest survey shows that um, Almost 50% of the people, 55 years and older, have less than $50,000 in retirement assets. And at well, this point, well, you know,
0: you give, um, you talk about budgets. I'm jumping ahead here, but you give a $75,000 uh, kind of an example in here. If you're making $75,000 uh, take home in a year and what you're going to need to earn and how much you need to put away in order to have a uh, retirement that's going to be comfortable, and I think that when people read this, they're going to be surprised at how much money they need, and the principle that I found just jumped out at me at how important it was, was pay
2: yourself first. Absolutely. There are, there are really a number of components of your potential retirement income. One of them is a 401k hopefully uh, or a defined benefit plan, although I think that's unlikely. Uh, also social security, but I think that's also not going to be a major factor. Um, but one of the critical things is to accumulate some assets by paying yourself first. Um, so when you set up a budget, the first budget you set up, should allow for you to pay yourself first to save something, even if you have to give up someplace else. Because if you don't start saving early and take advantage of compound interest, you'll end up in the position I just mentioned, uh, which is almost one you can't recover from when you have less than $50,000 that close to retirement.
0: Well, one of the things that that's really interesting that I like very much in the book because I'm a fan of quotes is you start every chapter with a quote from someone, and it's very true, isn't it, that you can do without money when you're young, but you cannot do without money when you're older. It was Tennessee Williams who said, you can be young without money, but you can't be old without it. And right. I thought, you know, and I read that, I, I it made me think of, of friends that have talked about um, these very issues you're, you're speaking about, how they didn't start early enough, and now that they're 50, they're starting to get frightened. But, again, one of the things you also point out is, although it may be later than you think. Every day counts, so start whenever.
2: That's right. I mean, uh, the ideal thing is to start as early as possible, but if, unfortunately, you are in the position I just described, you still do the same thing. You still make intelligent investments and try to take advantage of compound interest. You just have to give up something. You won't uh, be able to retire with the level of income that you thought, or you'll have to work longer, Uh, or you'll have to work on a part-time basis. You'll have to do something you didn't plan uh, to get yourself to the level of retirement income that you would like to have. Well, I think this is what sets your book apart from
0: other books on this subject. Would you uh, not agree is that you've organized it in such a way that you really can create this step-by-step plan and you'll know what to do, whether you're going to be investing in stocks, bonds, you go, re- you go very much into de- descriptions and you have a lot of tables and examples and figures that can really indicate to the reader where they are now and how they're going to get to what they want.
2: Well, I, I think I'd like to say one thing, Cynthia, about how the book, I think, differs from other books. There are a lot of books on this subject on the Barnes & Noble shelf. But uh, in my opinion, at least, uh, there are maybe four differences. I'll run through them really quickly. Um, First of all is the comprehensive step-by-step process, uh, which is easy to understand and use that you just mentioned. The second thing is an emphasis on self-reliance. I'm arguing that you can do this yourself, and you don't have to rely on agents and brokers. Uh, The third thing would be that as much as possible is put on autopilot. You know, most people are not going to spend an hour every day worrying about financial security, so the idea is to set up a process that makes sense and then let it run and monitor it as it goes along and make sure it's doing what you want it to do. And then the fourth difference, I think, is a unique approach to retirement planning.
0: You know, and I wanted to go back to your second point about being able to do it on your own. This, to me, was something that I felt was really imperative because you take a Warren Buffett stance in here of you're in it for the long haul. You know, it's you you want to hold it, you don't want to really be patting other people's pockets. So once you read this book, it gives you the tools to be more informed and to be able to do it yourself. I know so many people, Don, that, and I'm not, I'm not uh, condemning the fact of brokers because I'm sure everything has a place, but that they're buying and selling and buying and selling, and they, it, it, there's no way to time the market when you're doing it like that.
2: Yeah, that's right. One of the other quotes that introduces one of the chapters is, Um, For success in the investment business, the investment business, what you want to do is don't just sit there, do something. Um, So that means that the brokers are encouraging you to do something. Um, But the key to investment success for yourself is don't just do something, sit there.
0: Yeah, I laughed when I read that one because, you know how true it is, it's an argument that both my, my husband and I have that all the time because I'm, I, I go by what you're saying, basically. I do all my own and I hang in there, whereas he's constantly watching every stock every day and, oh, i got to sell, I've got to do this, I gotta, and he never seems to get ahead. You know, it drives exactly. me crazy. Exactly, that's, that's
2: the point. That's a very uh, That's a very costly approach in the long-term sense because you'll end up, uh, far shorter what you had, what you expected to have or wanted to wanted to have
0: well your background is so incredibly impressive to me when i was reading about you and doing the research and realizing that my gosh 23 billion dollars were under your control and that of the staff that you you had how do you did you manage this i mean obviously you have to know so much about all the different financial arenas in accounting. And I know your background, you graduated from uh, Cornell and you went to Harvard Business School, so extremely well-educated. But tell us more about your credentials.
2: Well, I I worked in the investment management business, institutional investment management business, for 40 years. Twenty-five of those years were the period that you talked about where I started and built a business. Um, Also, of course, in the institutional investment management business. I'm also a certified financial planner. Um, But I wanted to go back to just one thing that you said and and one message for your husband, perhaps. Um, The question you have to ask yourself when when you're buying and selling individual stocks and using brokers is, where are the customers' yachts? Um, You know, maybe not so much recently, but um, figuratively, at least, brokers always seem to have yachts. Uh, but the but the customers they rarely don't. have yes, or put another way, the customers the customers are rarely satisfied with the investment program or the investment services they get from agents, and that's why it's so important to stress that you can in fact do all this yourself.
0: Well, and this is what you show in the book. Now we're talking to Don Young. He wrote a book. You can do it: an easy step-by-step guide to financial security. And in this book, he really does advocate that, you know, with the proper tools, with the proper information and education, and, and that includes reading the books, you can create the financial future for yourself that is secure. I want to give out your website before we talk more about your book, and that is financialsecurityguide.com. Is that the correct website?
2: Yeah, www.financialsecurityguide.com. And you can learn more about me and the book there, and you can also read some reviews and a radio, another radio interview that I did.
0: Okay, all right. So let's talk about the current economic crisis that we are going through now. I mean, the book it, to me came out at a perfect time because we all need this advice right now, and I'm really, um, I, I I'm, I'm rather tired of listening to people who have been. We've seen us for so long. Maybe a lot of us are out of the business now or behind bars, but it's really nice to speak with someone who knows what they're doing, who's been upstanding and has a huge track record. How do you think that your book can help the reader in what the economy is experiencing at the moment?
2: Well, I get that question uh, a lot, Cynthia, and I, uh, I want to say that I, I don't think the book, or for that matter, any other book uh, can help people hit a home run and make up, uh, for a fifty percent loss in the stock market, which is now I guess about a thirty percent loss in the stock market so this is this is not a book that was uh, was put together and and sort of rushed to market to to deal with the present crisis um, the The book is really designed for uh, all t- all periods and all time, and the idea is to set up a program so that you know exactly what you 're getting into and if you go through a period like this, you know. Uh, why you're why you're doing it, and um, what the chances are that you could recover. So you, this is a really sort of a stable uh, program that doesn't relate specifically to the current crisis that we're going through.
0: But it certainly will help uh, during this time. But I, this oh. is what I really found too in reading your book is that I look at this book as a book that that we should read and then have on our bookshelf is a reference book because it really gives the, you know, the, the step by, well, just as you say, step by step, it takes you, takes you by the hand and leads you through the different things that you need to know about the investment world or about how you can figure out how to budget your life and how to get the right insurance programs, etc. Now, you were talking, you do talk about insurance in here whether you need whole life, term life, disability, liability. Uh, and I, when I read about how you were talking about homeowner's insurance, it uh, struck me that so many people do make claims for that broken window and the small little uh, pipe when really that insurance should be for the catastrophic loss.
2: Yes, that's right. That uh, you know, Putting in small claims like that makes sure your insurance very expensive. And the whole point about insurance is that you want to you have insurance for something that is catastrophic, um, like, for example, your home burning down um, Mm -hmm. or you're uh, you're having some sort of accident at work or um, some other kind of incident where you have to go on disability and your income is significantly reduced. I mean, people have life insurance, uh, and they should, but the incidence of disability is greater than the incidence of of, uh, loss of life.
0: No, and now, all Cynthia, I'd like
2: to come back, if I may, real quickly, to yeah. just one thing that you said. I agree that the book should end up on the shelf, um, but uh, what I'd like to, to do is modify what you said a little bit and say that it should end up on the shelf only after um, <clears throat> uh, each of the chapters has been read, absorbed, and implemented. And if that's the case, this level of financial security that I think is very low um, would be substantially enhanced.
0: And and I absolutely agree with you, and that is exactly what I meant, is you need to read the book first, really understand it, and then use it as a reference tool when you have questions, whether it be over a power of attorney or something that has to do with right. your health care implementation, right. because this is more than an investment book, and that's what I was alluding to. It really is an overall guide for all the things that you need to do to look at our retirement time and what how we're going to make it make it successful because you are talking about it uh, being living until ninety five which I love that whole idea so I want to give your website again and then would you leave us with a final message of of your book and the book is you can do it an easy step by Step Guide to Financial Security, Donald H. Young. Just give us a final message that we can take home and that readers will rush out to get this book.
2: <laughs> well, the, um, the website, as I said, is www.financialsecurityguide.com. And uh, in terms of a final message, I guess, I would say um, the following. Uh, number one, achieving financial security is possible, for each of us um, with proper investment by the reader and doesn't, doesn't rely for its implementation or its success on agents or brokers. Um, number two, it's critical for lifetime well-being um, that you achieve a level of financial security across all of elements of financial security that I mentioned earlier. And then finally, uh, the cost of not doing this is enormous. Um, and possibly devastating. So uh, I don't think people want to end up in that position, and um, they can uh, they can do do it on their own uh, what I'm suggesting here, and end up in a much better position.
0: Well, thank you, Don, so much. As you start your book with the quote by Confucius, "A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step." This is the first step, ladies and gentlemen. The book is You Can Do It, an easy step-by-step guide to financial security. Don, thank you so much for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and enlightening us with how we can be secure in our, uh, our older days, our golden years. And, boy, do I want them to, mine to be golden.
3: Thank you so much. Go to
0: financialsecurityguide.com. Again, the book, you can do it. Donald Young. Thank you, Don. When we come back from break, we'll be going into the house with Decor Enterprises, Designing with Fabrics and Color. Brenda Weiss will be with us. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with me.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Where the world comes to talk. That's one 613 1612 or send an email to info at org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan.
2: Be the star,
0: you are. I appreciate you staying with me here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, very happy to be your success coach. Always bringing you the experts that will help change your life for the better. Well, Brenda Weiss is a licensed interior designer in South Florida. She is the principal of Weiss Design Group, which specializes in residential, healthcare, hospitality, and commercial interior design. She truly understands that many people would like to design their own homes and because they might not be able to afford a professional design service. So she wrote a really terrific book. The book is called uh, Designing with Fabrics and Color, and it guides people in making design choices Brenda has been a guest here before, bringing us her wonderful design principles. Welcome back, Brenda, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are.
4: Hi, Cynthia. How are you?
0: I am great. It's so good to have you back on the airwaves with us.
4: Well, thank you for having me back. It's great to be here.
0: Well, it's what really I really get excited when we can bring some interior design principles to our listeners because everyone wants to live in their own palace, you know, and they want to create the, the place of their dreams. Now, what your book has been called is like a designer on your shoulder program because it really does take you step by step through the design process. And you've come up with five easy steps in your book, Designing with Fabrics and Color. Why don't you go ahead and uh, in, uh, show us and show our readers how we can use those five steps?
4: Okay, I would love to do that. Um, yes, what I did is over the years I analyzed what people really needed when they just wanted to redo a room um, and give it a new a, a new um, appearance. So the five easy steps basically are step number one is determine your your style. Do you like traditional, do you like contemporary, or do you like transitional, which is really a blend of the two styles? Step two is determine the primary color that you want your room to have. Um, step three, then, will be color temperature. All colors range from warm to cool. The warm colors have a yellow undertone. The cool colors have a blue undertone. And that will certainly, the, the temperature of your, of your color will determine the mood that you want your room to have. Step four, light or dark, um, and again there 's a range from light to to the dark with the mid tones being in the meat uh, in the middle, and then that will bring you to a page where you then determine what type of color scheme you actually like, whether that 's complementary monochromatic or analysis uh, analogous, and my, my book goes on to explain what those three different uh, schemes are all about and what they mean with reference to the color wheel.
0: Well, let's go to the color wheel and talk about those three um, three different color schemes right here because I'm sure a lot of people don't even know what you're talking about, and probably a lot of people don't know what the color wheel is. Most of us do learn it in school at some point. But with interior design, it's really, really critical that we understand it.
4: Well, that's absolutely, that's absolutely true, and it, what I did is I kept it really easy. That's, um, that's instead of going of into simple. the co- complexities of the color wheel in my book, I kept it simple so that basically we all know that there are primary colors and then the secondary colors are made from them. So um, if we take contrasting, a contrasting scheme would be colors that are directly across from each other on the color wheel. For instance, red and green are Christmas colors. Um, yellow and purple, they're directly across from each other on the color wheel. Blue and orange, or blue and yellow, again, directly across the, um, from each other on the color wheel. So any scheme that has those two colors um, in them will be perfectly, perfectly balanced, and they're the perfect marriage uh, partners. So that's an easy one. Monochromatic. Monochromatic is taking one color and just varying the the tones in that color from light to dark. And you can really make that a very interesting color scheme because you can use different textures and fabrics. You can do tone-on-tone patterns in those fabrics. And you can do um, different, uh, like I said, different uh Ranges of that color, for instance, red and pink, um, or red um, to a very, very dark, dark red. So that's monochromatic. And And analogous are colors, analogous colors are those that lie right next to each other on the color wheel. So if you look at the color wheel and you look at a monochromatic or an analogous um, scheme, that could be red, orange, and yellow, or green, blue, and purple, They lie right next to each other on the color wheel, so no matter how you go around the wheel, any colors that are next to each other, you can blend into beautiful, beautiful um, color schemes.
0: And see, this is what makes it so fun, and I was just going to ask you about the monochromatic. When people hear that word, very often they just think that you're doing something very bland. It's going to be all white or all beige. And what you are showing in your book and the book's Designing with Fabrics and Colors is that is not the case? Just as you mentioned, is that because of the layering, because of the textures, because of the fabrics, it can be really rich and warm or cool if you want it. But it, it'll be it'll can be very very interesting. So. Just because it's monochromatic does not mean it has to be bland.
4: That's absolutely correct. And, it, and if, you, if you wanted to do a very um, sophisticated scheme with grays and blacks, that could absolutely be stunning. And, again, it's monochromatic because you're really using one color, and that would be your gray-black uh, black color.
0: Well, one thing that is, stands out in your book are all the different fabrics that you have found that you have uh, gone into the pages with the different colors and you put them them in sections, whether this would work with an analogous uh, color scheme or monochromatic or a contrasting and i haven 't seen a book that had all these different choices before
4: no, well that 's really what I wanted to do for everyone. Um, basically, I created over three hundred color boards that consist of each board will have. Three different fabric schemes, again, whether you want contrasting monochromatic or um, analogous, and also paint color suggestions that go with that and it's all all those schemes are broken down into sections, the traditional style. Contemporary style or transitional style. And again, they're further broken down into warm or um, cool and light or dark. So basically in the back of my book, I did a very quick reference guide. So you can go through those um, schemes that are just simply listed um, by style, you can go through all those schemes and you can say, Oh my gosh, that one's me. I like dark, red, cool reds and I'm traditional. And it takes you exactly to the color board page where you can then look at three different schemes of fabrics and paints. It's very, very simple and it just makes do it yourself design very easy.
0: Well, and it's, yes, and I like the fact that you've just in your reference guide that you have made it so easy for people because once they know what their colors are and if they like warm or cool and what their style is, you've already done the homework for them.
4: That's basically it. And now what they do is they can can take the book to their favorite fabric store and then use it as a guide, again, a designer on, on your shoulder. And you can walk in and you can say, I am. This is my page, and this is the scheme that I'm interested. In, and the designer who wrote this book put fabrics together, and I would like to look for fabrics that are similar to what's on that page. So again, it's it's. I've done the work for you, and if you follow the book and follow the page that you um, that you've determined is really your style you can then um, very easily find fabrics that look just like those. And then you can move on to the next room that you want because we have over 300 fabric and paint schemes already developed for for everyone.
0: So you're never going to find the same thing twice. I mean, it's, it's all unique. When somebody goes, reads your book, follows the instructions, takes the book to their paint or fabric store, they are creating their own unique style. They're just using your book, like you said, as a designer on your shoulder. It's a guideline. Before we talk more about your book, let's give out your website so that people can go there to get more information and to find the book. And okay. I, that
4: that would be great, Cynthia. The book is available at Xlibris, which is X L I B R I S dot com forward slash Brenda Weiss. And then the website where the book is a part of a room design package, is roomxroomdesign.com. dot com.
0: So that's roomxroomdesign.com. dot com. And you also, I love it. You're on Twitter. You also have a Twitter page which gives little tips. So that's twitter dot com forward slash roomxroomdesign. That's right. So people can go there as well. Well. Tell us a little bit about the art of coordinating colors and fabrics and really what people need to know when they're looking to pull a room together. Besides what you have specifically done for them here, give them a little background of what your homework was, is what you did to figure out how you wanted to put this together.
4: Okay, that's a great question, Cynthia. And what I did was, um, each of the fabric schemes actually has, uh, a heavier fabric that I would anticipate someone would want to use on pieces of upholstery such as chairs or, um, sofas. And then lighter weight fabrics that they could then use for pillows or for window treatments. Um, if you're in a family room or a kitchen, you could use those lighter weight fabrics also in, um, for tablecloths or any uh, anything else that you might want to have a lightweight fabric for. And then I also blended patterns together so that just because you're using a stripe does not mean that you can't use a plaid or a tone-on-tone patterned fabric with it. You can really mix all those together as long as you keep the scale correct. So if you have a big, wide um, stripe fabric... A smaller scale fabric, uh, which has a floral design, would be a perfect blend um, with that. And then I always like to have perhaps one more of a solid color or a fabric that reads to be more of a solid with that. And what I personally like to do is have no less than five fabrics working together in a room to give it a lot of interest and depth and um, where you can then use those fabrics and sort of move them around the room on different pieces of furniture or accessories and up on the windows so the whole room is tied together with those fabrics.
0: And what's exciting in the book, Designing with Fabrics and Color, we're talking to Brenda Weiss, who is an interior designer, and she specializes in uh, all different kinds of design, whether it be hospitality or residential in uh, South Florida, although she works all over the country, is how she coordinates her designs. And in your book, Designing with Fabrics and Color, you actually show the five different fabrics, and I think it's really uh, fabulous to have the five different fabrics because you're never going to get bored then. It's going to give a a real visual interest and be much more comfortable.
4: That's absolutely right. And I've gone so far as to even use sometimes – Ten to fifteen different fabrics in a room, um, but uh, yeah, you know, again, I think five would be a minimum to really give your room some some interest and in to tell a story. And remember, it tells a story about you and your tastes and your family's tastes and what you like. So the pattern is very important, and um, and and it's just a great opportunity to have fun. And then from the fabrics, you can pull because most of the fabrics will have several colors unless you do a monochromatic, but you can pull a color that you want for your walls and maybe even two colors for your walls. So that's how you wind up getting a very cohesive, um, well-done room that just visually looks pulled together, really looks like a designer did it, and you can then say that, no, you did it all by yourself.
0: Well, with a little help from our friend, Designing with Fabrics and Color. Thank
4: you
0: very much. We we need that. We need your book to have that little bit of help. You know, uh, before we finish up, I want you just to give us one little tip on whites, because another part of your book that's really helpful, you have designer tips that you've numbered out. And one of these tips is number 20. You talk about how whites are colors, too. And if you do go to a paint store, you'll find that there are hundreds of different shades of white. So you feel that white can definitely be an interesting uh, color, and it is a color that makes a room look real clean and crisp. Absolutely.
4: Now, um, every 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 white has a certain tone to it, and again, the tones can range from cool too warm, and also they will have a color, a slight color tone. So if you put a bunch of white paint chips on a neutral gray board, the colors of those whites can really pop out, and you can see them right away. So um, white is a great uh, way to um, freshen a room, but I always like to have a little bit of tone to that white so that You can have a gray-toned white or blue-toned or green-toned whites, and they will give a very, very subtle coloration to the room without really, for those people who just are a little bit nervous about using too much color, it will just set a little bit of a color palette without really stepping into a dramatic color at all.
0: Well, Brenda, let's give you a website out again so people can go and get your information and then find your book. It's roomxroomdesign.com. You can find her on Twitter at uh, twitter.com forward slash roomxroomdesign.com. And the name of the book is Designing with Fabrics and Color. The author and designer is Brenda Weiss, and she is there to help you. Let this book be your designer friend. Brenda, thanks for coming back to Star Style. Be the star you are. It's always great to talk with you. Well,
4: thank you, Cynthia. a pleasure to be here, and um, everyone have a great time designing your rooms.
0: Oh, and they will with you. Well, thank you so much. That was Brenda Weiss, Designing with Fabrics and Color. When we come back from break, Pat, Stone, New York Times bestselling author of For the Gardener*, Soul will be with us. He's the editor of Prince. Stay with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Back in a bit.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Be the star you are. .org. are you living your dreams? Brian is your guide on the side. You can be the star you are. Are you ready for
5: Dancing Under the Stars? Hi, I'm Dave Przysiek, voice actor and volunteer with the Be the Star You Are charity, inviting you to join our 10th anniversary celebration on September 13th at our Mega Books and Bands Bash. New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan and 13 contributors will be launching and autographing the new book. Be the star you are for teens with all proceeds benefiting the charity. You'll meet celebrities, enjoy mocktails, snacks, raffles, martial arts demonstrations, the music of several live bands, be able to buy unique gift items from a variety of vendors, and also save lives by registering to be a bone marrow donor at our swab meet sponsored by Marrow Miracles. The donation is only $13 per person for a full day of family fun and it's 100% tax deductible. Bring your wallet and get ready to make a difference while having a great time. Are you interested in being a corporate partner? Buying a table for 10? Advertising in our program or buying cases of the new book? We have lots of ways you can help. Contact us toll free at 877-944-STAR. That's 877-944-7827. See you there.
1: the world talk radio variety channel where the world comes to listen and talk That's 1-866-613-1612, or send an email to info at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Now back to Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan.
0: Thanks for being with us. I am Cynthia Bryan. In our final segment today, we're talking to two of our contributors to Be The Star You Are for Teens, Pat Stone and Justin Murray. Pat's been on our show before. He is the editor of Green Prince. The Weeders Digest, he's my co-author on the New York Times bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul. An avid canoeer, a dedicated dad, just an all-time round, great guy. Hello, Pat, and I'm so glad you're back on Star Style, Be the Star You Are.
2: da da He's intro. Here. Thank you, Good
0: Hey, to be your con- contribution to uh, Be the star You Are for Teens is called Letting Go. And as a father of four great kids, what has it been like for you to let go, and what has it been like for them to let go of you?
2: It's a it's
6: a, it's a a bittersweet experience. You know, you spend all these years coddling these little children, and they're breaking out of the eggshell, but they still have little bits of yolk sticking to them. You've got to help <laughs> them clean it wrong. off.
0: But, some, but when you let them go, they come back, right?
6: <laughs> well, my kids now live in four different time zones, so I don't see them as much as I would like. But I talk to them often. I just talked to one shortly before we, we got on the air together.
0: Yeah, that is, a, that is a, an interesting thing because now you are really the empty nester. Uh, what are they thinking about being gone? Are they enjoying it? Because you're from a small community, a very close-knit community of people. So this was a real big step.
6: Yes, yeah, and I think this is a step they need to do because we I, we do live in a very tight little rural community, a small church community, a farm community, And I think they needed to stretch their wings and kind of get that gunk off of them and explore the world on their own. And hopefully at some point, maybe one or two of them will come back, you know. But for now, this is where you learn about the rest of the world.
0: That's exactly. That's how I feel, too. I always think we have to spread our wings and fly because if we don't, you know, we just we crash and burn. And the only way to get any experience is to get out there and get the experience. But it has to be hard for you, and um, well, not I mean, not just you, but I think all parents go through this pain of oh my goodness, my kids are going off to college because
6: letting go is hard to do. It's very hard to do. I mean, that's really been probably next to being married to Becky, my wife. It's probably been the most fulfilling thing in my life is nurturing these children and bringing them up. And actually, the last two years we've had an exchange student from Ghana living with us. So when he moves next week, it will be the first time in 29 years we haven't had children living in our house.
0: Oh, my gosh, that is a very long time. Uh, I, I think he'll probably dance, dance naked in the kitchen.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that on the radio, Emma. I? Oh, you can't I did That's say right. that on the
0: radio to 5.5 million listeners. Who knows? All right. Well, how is Weeders Digest going? And, and tell us a little bit about that because this is such a a wonderful um, journal and print publication that you do, really heartwarming, humorous stories that inspire the heart of gardening.
6: Right, and it it overlaps, of course, with what you're doing, which is encouraging people and doing positive things. Green Print is the human side of gardening, the stories of gardening, the humor, the experience. It is a Weeders Digest. I've been doing it for 20 years, sharing the stories and experiences, because gardening is more than food and flowers. It's what it does for us and how it helps us with each other.
0: It's, it's how I breathe. Gardening is life as far as I'm concerned.
6: It's a great way to reconnect with nature because you actually get to interact with it and have a real honest relationship where these plants depend on you.
0: Absolutely, and it teaches us so much. And, and you know, talking about raising children, I really feel that getting them in the dirt, getting them to dig in the dirt and garden with us, teaches them responsibility and patience and, like we said in – in uh, the Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Old book, You Can't Rush a Carrot.
6: All my children like to garden. One of them lives in Baltimore and raises things in, in cast off trash cans, but they all enjoy gardening.
0: That's a great idea. Now, see, the cast off trash cans, that's all about recycling and regreening <laughs> of the earth, right?
6: <laughs> Absolutely. They also throwing... all enjoy music because we all played music together.
0: Yeah, that's right. Tell us about that. And you're also into performing, too. I mean, you and and Becky, they you do a lot of readings and uh, plays.
6: We do it, storytelling and such, and yeah, it, it, that's great fun. But I always sang three songs every night to my kids on my mandolin, and so they grew up knowing over two hundred and fifty songs that they'd heard Dad sing. And when they come back home, one of them breaks out his you breaks out or you know or, or trumpet, and we all play together. It's I horrible. love it. Yeah, hey, don't it, you have a little fun. song
0: that you can kind of sing a little quick ditty for us?
6: Oh. Talk
0: about putting you on the spot. I mean, not just row, (laughs) row, row your boat. Oh, my
6: gosh. There ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, pick you a ripen, don't get a harden, plant them in the spring, eat them in the summer, all winter without them, it's a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging every time I go out and pick me a biggin, home grown tomatoes, homegrown tomatoes, nothing in the world like homegrown tomatoes, only two things that money can't buy, that's true love and homegrown tomatoes. Oh, you're the best, Pat.
0: I guess that's what I did. Did I pick my tomatoes this morning and I brought them into work and had sliced fresh tomatoes with a little basil for lunch. Well, let's give out your website. I love, that's so great that you sang. That was Pat Stone. Your website, greenprints.com.
6: That's right. Green Prince, the Weeder's Digest, the magazine of personal garden stories, a great gift, and best of luck with this book you've done since. Thank Sounds you. Like it will be out thing.
0: soon. September thirteenth is the big launch. I wish you were going to be in California for it, but you'll be with us in spirit, and you'll have your copy soon. So that was Pat Stone, editor of the Weeder's Digest. Thank you for the ditty, the song. Love it. And uh, (laughs) I give my best to the family.
6: All right, Cynthia, I will. And best to you and yours. And Heather.
0: Thank you, thank you. Well. Now we're going to go to our second contributor in the book, Justin Murray. He has written two stories, Breathing and Serendipity. He is a teenager whose passion for writing really happened because of a comment from his brother. He's been homeschooled his whole life. He's a smart cookie. He loves to write and play the violin and sing. Maybe we'll have Justin sing. Welcome to Be the Star You Are, Justin.
3: Thank you. It's it's great to call in.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with us. I, You know, you were one of the uh, people that two of your stories were chosen, The Gift of Breathing and The Gift of Serendipity. How does it feel to be an almost published author?
3: Uh, it's great. It's something I've looked forward to for uh, for nearly three years now.
0: Yes. Oh, good. Well, and it's happening. It's only, you know, a very, very short time now. So um, I wanted to talk about your The Gift of Breathing, if you would, because... Obviously, if we don't breathe, we can't live, but you actually talk about something called peace breathing. Tell us about that.
3: Uh, Certainly. Peace breathing is a technique I first encountered when studying hapkido, which is a Korean martial art. It's a lot like taekwondo, except a little more eclectic. It uh, embraces grappling. But specifically, peace breathing is breathing deeply in a very regimented manner with a specific set of motions. And um, if if you get a rule, room full of people doing it at the same time, it actually looks very silly. But, but that's it how be, that
0: works right with my rule, smile, have fun, be wild and crazy. So it's a good one.
3: <laughs> right, right. But uh, what, once you uh, once you get over your inhibitions and get yourself doing it, it can actually be pretty relaxing. And one thing I've noticed the longer I've practiced it, the more you do it, the more relaxing it becomes. It becomes more familiar. It's ever, ever more useful in certain situations.
0: And in the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, it'll be called The Gift of Breathing, and he actually gives step-by-step instructions of how you can do peace breathing. And so that'll be something really great that people can look forward to so that they can learn it. And if they want to be silly with a group, they can do that as well. Well, Justin, you do computer programming. What are you doing? Tell us about that.
3: Um, Computer programming is actually something I got into about the same time my writing picked up pace. Um, I, I can't honestly call myself a very experienced programmer. I have taken AP courses, and right now my favorite language is Java, but really I'm still a student in every way, so...
0: Now, are you studying uh, computer programming at college now, or are you doing it at home? How are you doing this?
3: Well, I will be studying it at college. I'm um, I'm actually going to college on the quarter system, so I haven't we haven't started yet.
0: Okay, uh, all right. But that's what you're looking forward to doing is to study Java some more, right?
3: Uh, study a variety of languages. Uh, the more, the merrier. The
0: more, and also
3: do a major something to help my writing.
0: All right. Well, we like that. Let's. Uh, you have another chapter called um, The Gift of Serendipity. And the bottom line of this one is, you know, is it, it, seek and you shall find. Tell us what serendipity is and, and why it happens in our lives.
3: Serendipity is really just, in, in my understanding, it's just taking the opportunity to notice the things that are worth finding that you didn't look for. Um, I think I phrase it in my essay as finding what you weren't, weren't actually looking for.
0: Exactly. You say it's the art of finding what you weren't looking for.
3: Right. It's a, it can, I think it can become an art. Can't say I'm quite, quite an artist yet, but.
0: Well, you're, you're, um, your story is quite an art, you know, it's quite an art form, so I think that uh, you really did find what you were looking for. You realized it.
5: Um,
3: you can say that. You can say that. Uh, in many ways, actually, a uh, the essay, Gift of Breathing, was a serendipitous essay because um, it was actually written, it, the way it's written, it's written in the moment. It was everything that's narrated in there was happening while I was writing it. That's why it's in present tense. So uh, I actually discovered an essay <laughs> in uh, a completely unrelated set of occurrences.
0: As you were breathing, because you started off with the accident on two eighty five and right. so you were just you were actually writing this as you were experiencing what was going on, and why were you angry and all of that
3: right, it was uh, a moment to look at myself in in the third person and try to try to discover exactly what was going on. I, didn't, I did not intend, originally intend it to be an essay about the gift of breathing. I made the connection about halfway through while I was writing it. Isn't uh, when it I interesting began, I was when just...
0: you start re- writing and you just write from your heart or what, from your experiences, and all of a sudden you do discover something that is, like, amazing that you realize, oh, my gosh, I have a story here, and you might not have <laughs> even intended that.
3: Right. It was a, a bit of a light bulb moment.
0: Uh, yeah, the aha moment, as we call it. Well, Justin, what about your uh, singing and your musical instrument uh, expertise? It seems that you have another, you know, this is another gift of yours. What do you like to sing? What kind of music do you like to play? And, you know, what is it that uh, you you play the violin? Tell us about that. That's a very difficult instrument. Uh,
3: well, the violin, I actually began playing the violin when I was three, almost four, um, that's been a big that part of my education. That is so education.
0: little. Oh, my goodness. So do you play competitively?
3: <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're I, not I, like at the Philharmonic or any of that. I mean, you're not in all these, you know, you see these, what do they call these young kids who are just these geniuses. You're not. Virtuosos? Yes. The virtuoso, that's exactly. Are you a virtuoso?
3: No, ma'am. No. Um I did play in orchestra a little bit, and it was fun, but I do much prefer playing the violin, just solo, it, um, it has much more opportunity to express yourself as opposed to express the team. And when you're just playing for yourself, it becomes a lot like the breathing. It's a very relaxing, very beautiful way to get a handle on any situation.
0: So it sounds... You're a very soulful, soulful person. It sounds like you really... Get in touch with your inside through your music, through your writing, through your singing. Is there a certain type of singing that you like? Certain kinds of songs, or?
3: Well, I, I try to sing pretty much anything. Uh, mostly, I do Broadway style, musical theater style music. Um, but I, I try to I try to keep my abilities.
0: Are you in any performances, Justin? Are you in? You know, are you in any performances at the moment? or Are you auditioning for something?
3: Uh, not at the moment, no, I um at the beginning of the summer, I finished off uh once upon a mattress, I portrayed Prince dauntless
0: oh, how was it? How did it go?
3: It, it was very interesting it's not not my favorite style of show, but it had a lot had a lot of fun moments and a lot the the cast was very fun it was great great cast to work with
0: well, and that uh, to me you know and being a performer as part of it is just being together with. The cast, I think that just makes it. Well, have you, for yourself, since you're in computer programming, have you designed a website yet? Or is there any place that anybody can go to uh, see more of what you're doing? Or are we just going to uh, send them to storywar.com when we get that designed for the book?
3: I think that would probably be the best idea. I have gone through several websites. Uh, one I wrote as kind of a uh, writing club, actually, for me and a few fellow students. A few years back, didn't really take off, and I disbanded it uh, three months after I started it. And another website I r- had to write as a project for a computer science class at Georgia Tech this past year, um, but unfortunately I've forgotten the link. Uh,
0: so. Well, maybe I'm going to get in touch with you and have you help us with our book website. In any case, Justin, you are an amazing young man. We're thrilled to have you on our team. The book is Be the Star You Are for Teens. You can uh, get pre-order copies now at are dot org and it just pay through PayPal. or soon we'll have a website be star you are. com. You'll get to see pictures of Justin and all the other contributors there. And thank you so much for being part of this, Justin, and I'm so thrilled that we're making a dream come true for you and helping you be the published author you were meant to be.
3: <laughs> it was, it's my pleasure, I can tell you I was very I was thrilled to have this opportunity.
0: Well, we are just as equally thrilled. And how great to be on the radio. So, hopefully, <laughs> yes, ma'am. we'll be in Thank touch you very much. soon. Thank you. That was Justin Murray. He is the author of The Gift of Serendipity, The Gift of Breathing, and the new book, Be the Star You Are uh, for Teens. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I've been your host and your personal growth coach. Please be in touch. Stay with us every week. Go to be the star you for more information, be the star you for the book. And until we meet again. Just go out in the world and shine. Ciao for now. Until next week, and we talk again, Be The Star You Are. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. For more information about Be The Star You Are Nonprofit Corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker, a
6: dreamer, with courage to give.